Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. And welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. With me, I have my friends, Emma and Joe. Hello, friends. Hello. Hello. We are here to talk about January 2023. Books. It's a wild. 2023 already. I know. But before we do that, just as a reminder, you can always find us and follow us online. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerd. You can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. And um, there's something else I'm forgetting. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to rate and review us <laughs> on iTunes so that other people can find this awesome podcast and be an awesome listener like you. Yes, we really appreciate it. It definitely helps us out. And we're just trying to do all of the things good podcasters are supposed to do. Um, also, For like. Sure. We want to hear from you. Uh, yeah. Since we're heading into a new year, we're trying to plan out what series are we going to retro? What things are we going to do? If you have, if you've got ideas, professional book nerds at overdrive.com, shoot us an email. For real. For real. We do have a retro plan for the first half of the year that I'm very excited about because oh, I chose it. But also. <laughs> I'm also very excited because it is one of my favorite series. I, I love the series. I love the series. It's going to be good. But um, yeah, but just in general, if there are other things you would like us to retro, maybe a single book. I don't know. Whatever. Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Options. Um, all right. Well, I can go ahead and get us started with January 2023. So that's still wild to me that it's 2023, but here we are. My first book is You Just Need to Lose Weight and 19 Other Myths About Fat People by Aubrey Gordon. Aubrey Gordon, if you are not familiar with her, which I feel very sad for those of you who do not have Aubrey in your life. Um, Aubrey Gordon is the co-host of the Maintenance Phase podcast and uh, formerly wrote um, under the uh, the pseudonym Your Fat Friend, and I adore everything about her. Stan here, Miss Dan, um, and she has this new book where she sort of tackles and takes on common anti-fat myths, such as losing weight is easy; it's just calories in and calories out, and fat people are unhealthy, and fat acceptance quote unquote glorifies obesity, and all of these things, and she not only shares her own personal experiences with these different myths, but also brings in facts and figures to reframe these myths about fatness in order to dismantle that anti-fat bias that is ingrained in pretty much everything, everyday life. Um, And I am, I love everything she writes. I love Aubrey so much. So I'm very excited for this one. It's going to be like my first read of the year. Well, that's not true because I have an arc. So it'll be my last read of 2023, but you know, 2022. <laughs> wow. My caffeine is suddenly kicking in. Okay. 
we're also like <laughs> at the end of the year sillies. So like let's let's just be real. We, That's true. That's we true. we had a whole time yesterday <laughs> with what sure we did. were trying to record then. So fair enough. Well, anyway, there you go. That's it's an exciting book to start the year off with and very important messaging all around. Uh, super excited about that one. My first book for January of 2023 is out on the 10th. This is City of Nightmares by Rebecca Schaefer. Ever since her sister became a man-eating spider and slaughtered her way through town, 19-year-old Ness has been terrified. Terrified of some other nightmare murdering her and terrified of ending up like her sister. Because in Newham, the city that never sleeps, dreaming means waking up as your worst fear. Whether that means becoming a nightmare that's monstrous only in appearance to transform into a twisted, unrecognizable creature that terrorizes the city, no one is safe. Ness will do anything to avoid becoming another victim, even if that means lying low among the friends of the restful soul, a questionable organization that may or may not be a cult. But being a member of a maybe cult has a price. In order to prove herself, Ness cons her way into what's supposed to be a simple job for the organization, only for it to blow up in her face. Literally. Tangled up in the aftermath of an explosive assassination, now Ness and the only other survivor, a nightmare boy who Ness suspects is planning to eat her, must find their way back to Newham and uncover the sinister truth behind the attack, even as the horrors of her past loom ominously near. That is City of Nightmares by Rebecca Schaefer, out January 10th. So a, a little different uh, of a choice for me, Emma. Give myself some challenge right here to start off January, but it it sounds wild and and exciting at the same time. Ooh, was the only reaction I had to that. So that sounds great. Joe is cackling at my response. I think I found like (laughs) our intersection, Emma. Like, this is like definitely up your street. And it's like right on the fringe for me. So I'm, I'm hoping that like this opens up some new, some new reading worlds for me. Like I need any more doors opened. Yes. I'd love to have you read more fantasy this year so that we can discuss. (laughs) My first pick is Spare by Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex. I don't really feel like I need to promote this particularly because It's going to be a mega release, but this is out on January 10th, and this is supposedly a raw and honest portrayal of his life directly from him. So we've seen a lot of Harry and Meghan lately with the Netflix docuseries and other things. So I do think this is part of them trying to present their story in their own words. And I'm personally really excited to see what he has to say because this is near unprecedented that one of the royals is writing a book themselves. It's known that it's him. Like, this is a whole thing. So, yeah, I can't wait to read it. Love or hate the monarchy. I think this is going to start the year off with a bang. So this is Spare. Ugh, that title by Prince Harry. It comes out on January 10th. It's going to be so wild. I cannot yes. wait. Like, 
or it's it's not even like disseminated through a random you know insider kind of thing it's he said i'm done we're doing Mm -hmm. it i'm so excited and i think the palace is prepping for it they just removed a lady in waiting for some questionable statements made during shaking everything up i think they're waiting for this book as much as we are (laughs) yes yeah and we'll see what press they have planned for january 10th Because yeah, like I'm just saying, if he wants to come on the podcast, we can make room. Oh, I know you Hello. are so welcome, <laughs> Harry. Come on the podcast. Uh, we know you're listening. Uh, please, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please come on the podcast. Oh God, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, I, I think I'd black out. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, that title is so. It's so good. It's just. It's so good. It's like a, a wild moment of reclamation like mm-hmm. something used against mm-hmm. him for so long Ugh. correct correct yeah. yeah yeah for sure so it's gonna be it's gonna be a memorable publication that's for sure no matter what he says this yeah. is a big deal so yeah Which is, January yeah. well I was gonna say it's interesting about the spare title because there's actually been like in this line of succession several spares who ended up like yeah. Elizabeth's own father was the spare. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so interesting how things change. Um, okay. So my next one, if I can get my mouse back is regrets only by Kieran Scott. Okay. So Paige Lancaster, single mom and prodigal daughter has returned to the East coast home from her prestigious well-paid job in Los Angeles, writing for the smartest detective series on television. Something terrible happened to her back in Hollywood. Okay, two terrible things. One featuring a misplaced tire iron. Now she's broke, homeless, and living with her widowed mother and eight-year-old daughter, Izzy, in her Connecticut hometown. Paige needs to buckle down and find a new writing gig, but first she meets the movers and shakers of Izzy's school's Parent Booster Association, run by the intimidatingly gorgeous Ainsley Anderson, perfect name for that, who just happens to be married to Paige's old high school flame, John. Then she shows up at the annual Parents and Pino fundraiser, so good, held at Ainsley and John's dazzling mansion in the toniest part of town, where she's caught in a compromising position with John, accidentally destroys the guest bathroom, overhears an incriminating conversation, and discovers that her purse has gone missing. And later that night, Ainsley turns up dead at the bottom of her own driveway. Did she fall or was she pushed? Paige may have only written about detectives, but she is convinced she can handle a little undercover sleuthing. After all, it'll give her an excuse to spend more time with John. Still, she can't help but wonder, could he be capable of murder? Or could one of the PBA members have planned a dastardly crime to reach the top? But the more in question of all, will Paige ever get her life back on track? I mean, I'm all about, like, fancy parents and murder. (laughs) It's like all the right combos of words. <laughs> I just love this idea of this, like, like that, like the former hometown girl coming back, and yeah, and then it's like oddly campy, it's, uh, right? Just there's, the idea yeah. of like I keep getting caught in all the wrong situations, and then there, murder. Yes. There is like a camp vibe that mm-hmm. seems to be kind of be going on underneath. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like embezzlement bribery adultery murder in a parent school association mixed with like 
you know, parents and Pino fundraising. <laughs> like that's what I mean. Like the perfect. <laughs> It's, Perfect. It's oh, absolutely presented in the best package that you read all of those serious things happening. I'm like, yeah, but that's not the vibe. No, you don't get right. that from this. You get the like, how did yeah. this happen? Like a little yes. bit um big little lies, but also yes. maybe like you by Caroline Kepnes, but not mm-hmm. the first book, the yeah. later books. Yeah. 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 Like I like like infiltrating the small town, but there's all these things afoot. Right. And that line, like, after all, it'll give her an excuse to spend more time with John, the grieving husband. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Priorities. (laughs) I can solve this murder and catch a new man. (laughs) Yes, that is the vibe. So my second title is Shocker, a celebrity memoir. This is Love Pamela by Pamela Anderson out at the tail end of January on the 31st. Pamela Anderson's blonde bombshell image was ubiquitous in the 1990s. I think that should be with the 1990s, right? That's grammatically. Sorry. Okay. Pamela Anderson's blonde bombshell image was ubiquitous with the 1990s. Uh, She was discovered in the stands during a Canadian football game. She was quickly launched into superstardom, becoming Playboy's favorite cover girl and an emblem of Hollywood glamour and sex appeal. Yet the Pamela Anderson we think we know was created through happenstance rather than careful cultivation. Love Pamela brings forth her true story, that of a small town girl getting tangled up in her own dream. Growing up on Vancouver Island, the daughter of young, wild, and unwittingly stylish parents, Pamela lived a hardscrabble childhood, but developed a deep love for nature, populating her world with misfits, apparitional friends, and injured animals. Eventually, overcoming her natural shyness, Pamela's restless imagination propelled her into a life few can dream of, from the beaches of Malibu to the coveted scene at the Playboy Mansion. As her star rose, she found herself a fixture of tabloid fodder at the height of an era where paparazzi tactics were bent on destroying a person's image and self-esteem. Pamela forged ahead with grace, finding sanctuary in her love of art and literature, and emerged a devoted mother and activist. Now having returned to the island of her childhood after a memorable run starring as Roxy in Chicago on Broadway, Pamela is telling her story, a story of an irrepressible free spirit coming home and discovering herself anew at every term. With vivid prose interspersed with bursts of original poetry, Love, Pamela is a pensive, layered, and unforgettable memoir. I mean, like, her beauty is unmatched, and she, like, her her signature style defined what of an entire decade. Like, the thin brows, the smoky eye, like that is the nineties, just, just kind of like across the board and everyone knows Pamela at a different era. And this to me just sounds so fascinating. Um, I hadn't even read the description before I knew that this was going to be on my list because she is fascinating. Like knowing that she just kind of came from a shy, like small town kind of vibe and transitioned into this like superstar career role and then also knowing that the setup of this book is you know not just tell all it's a a, I don't know we've got prose we've got poetry I'm just very intrigued uh to hear something uh, and kind of see something written by her so that is Love Pamela by Pamela Anderson out January 31st
And the photo she used for the cover is gorgeous. So stunning. I'm really like, intrigued. I mean, like gorgeous. And th- I'm assuming that is a recent photo. And you could not tell me that that's not her from like Baywatch. Yeah. And she's such a, uh, I think, iconic figure. I don't know mm-hmm. that there are people who have, don't know who she is. Yeah. And, but I, I don't know much about her. So yeah. I'm interested to hear more from her side or her that's story. A, that's exactly yeah. what makes this so appealing to me is because, right, like everyone knows her. But yeah, I know nothing about her uh, she she strikes me as one of those women it's almost always women who when you look back you're like oh we did her dirty like she uh-huh. she did not at all deserve some of the um like vitriol yes yeah. that she received and it's just only in hindsight that we realized that so yeah i think her yeah. description is very kind when she described the paparazzi tactics like just yeah. saying bent on destroying a person's image and self-esteem and it's like i you know you would have been justified in being a little more rude in that sentence about Correct. them and what they did to you and the whole thing with like the video with yeah, yeah um tommy lee like itself yeah, yeah. Tommy lee. but i think even like as of recent like she didn't want the television show yeah that, that just came right. out was that last year maybe this year i think yeah. this year think this year, year. Yeah. So I think even up till recent, people yeah. maybe haven't given her. Right. She's still you know, not getting what she deserves. The support. Right. So I'm yeah. interested to see what she has to say in her own words. Absolutely. My next pick is not related in the slightest. Uh, <laughs> so the vibes for January, I guess, are kind of a grab bag, but my next pick is Just the Nicest Couple by Mary Kubica. This comes out on January 10th as well. I can always count on Mary Kubica for a really good thriller, particularly in that domestic kind of like marriage vein. It's usually always about family relationships or, um, you know, marriages or whatever. And The thing that I take away every time I read one of these books is that you don't even know the people closest to you potentially, which is a horrifying thought. And so in this book, you have two couples, two close friends and one missing husband. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, So Jake is missing. He and his wife, Nina, uh, just had a huge argument and she thinks he's kind of gone off. He must be blowing off steam. Everyone's cooling off. Like he'll come back around. A day goes by. Another day goes by. Suddenly it's been five days and he is absolutely nowhere to be found. Pan to Lily and Christian. They're friends of Nina and Jake and also colleagues. And Lily might have been the last person to see Jake before he went missing weird because you're best friends and co-workers with the wife, but cool. Lily tells everything to her husband and the two decide that it's too fishy. They're not going to say anything that they were maybe the last people or that she was the last person to see Jake before he disappeared. But Nina's not giving up. She's obviously going to keep looking for her husband not just going to chill in this instance because there's literally zero sign of him. And as these books go, there's 
going to be a lot of secrets and a lot of betrayals and a lot of lies that are going to be uncovered throughout as you kind of figure out where the heck Jake is and what all of these other people have to do with that, if anything. So I do think Mary Kubica is one of the queens of this type of suspense. This, I can't wait. Just the nicest couple. This is out January 10th. Mary Kubica has never let me down ever. Not a single time. No. Her books are so good. Yeah. And thriller season is every season. So. Yes, exactly. I was going to say like, oh, it's perfect for winter, but it thrillers are perfect for literally any time. So. Yeah. You can make an argument for like literally every season on why thrillers are the perfect. Right. I've got my like. Oh, I'm in the like dog days of summer. I need a thriller. I'm in the bitter cold of winter. I need a thriller. Oh, it's Tuesday. I need a thriller. Yeah. It was never a bad time. Yeah. Never a bad time. Never a bad time. Um, My next one is not a thriller. Um, It is science fiction. It is the Terraformers by Annalie Newitz. This comes out January 31st. So Destry's life is dedicated to terraforming Saski. As part of the environmental rescue team, she cares for the planet and its burgeoning ecosystems as her parents and their parents did before her. But the bright, clean future they're building comes under threat when Destry discovers a city full of people that shouldn't exist, hidden inside a massive volcano. As she uncovers more about their past, Destry begins to question the mission she's devoted her life to and must make a choice that will reverberate through Saski's future for generations to come. Uh, yes, please. It's giving me like Red Rising vibes, which I'm absolutely here for. Um, <clears throat> and I just, I'm, yeah, Annalie is known for her sci-fi, just pure vision. And I'm really excited for this one. See, you said terraforming and my trash brain immediately went to Animal Crossing. So... <laughs> That too. That too. <laughs> this is y'all's cha- reminder to uh, check on your villagers. So, uh, you know. My, my poor villagers. <laughs> fire, fire up that switch. Uh, we won't talk about what the weed and cockroach situation will be like. Because no. it's going to be bad. <laughs> I, uh, you know, if if you really fell off after the pandemic, remember that the, the roost is available. So if you don't have that coffee shop yet. That's true. That's true. It is an option. Sorry, Marshall. I miss you too. My next title, I do have a thriller, so I guess I'll just, I'll throw this in here right off of uh, Emma's vibes. This is What Lies in the Woods by Kate Alice Marshall out January 17th. When they were 11, they sent a killer to prison. They were heroes, but they were liars. Naomi Shaw used to believe in magic. 22 years ago, she and her two best friends, Cassidy and Olivia, spent the summer roaming the woods, imagining a world of ceremony and wonder. They called it the goddess game. That summer ended suddenly when Naomi was attacked. Miraculously, she survived her 17 stab wounds and lived to identify the man who had hurt her. The girl's testimony put away a serial killer wanted for murdering six women. They were heroes and they were liars. For decades, the friends have kept a secret worth killing for, but now Olivia wants to tell and Naomi sets out to find out what really happened in the woods no matter how dangerous the truth turns out to be. Uh, so that is What Lies in the Woods by Kate Alice Marshall out January 17th. Come on. Uh. I can't wait. And I'm so glad you put this on your list because I was <laughs> going to. Yes, please. 
I mean, anything that gives me like a good time jump, something mm-hmm. happened in the past, we're forced to unravel it with them in the present. Um, you know, I also love that kind of trope that I always end up thinking about scream of just like someone was wrongfully sent to prison, but were they, weren't they? Yeah. Really pumped for this one. Plus I do like a thriller set in the woods. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, there's just something about it. A classic formula, like, you know, and it's so creepy. I think no matter how comfortable you are in the woods as a, a person, you're also never completely comfortable in the woods. And there's going to be that moment that you're just like, oh, what was that noise? And I think that's why like this setting always works in a thriller. My next pick is sort of similar to that. Uh, it's Hellbent by Lee Bardugo. I don't think, again, this book needs tons of Uh, talking up. This is out January 10th, and this is the much-anticipated sequel to Ninth House. If you recall, Ninth House was her adult debut novel that was sort of a retelling of Yale secret societies with magic uh, and other elements. And so we return to that world with the main character, Alex, here in Hellbent. And All they've got to do is find a gateway to the underworld and steal a soul out of hell. Super easy task, obviously. Um, Except the people that make that journey and attempt to do that normally don't come back from doing so. (laughs) But Alex Stern is determined to break Darlington out of purgatory, even if it costs her a future at Leaf and at Yale. So forbidden from attempting that rescue, Alex and Dawes can't call on the ninth house for help, and they assemble a team of dubious allies to try to save the gentlemen of Leaf. So they've got arcane texts, they have bizarre artifacts, they have mysterious deaths from faculty members, they're competing with all of these different things, including monsters from the past, and darkness built into the university's very walls. Uh, so this is classic Lee Bardugo with lots of twists, lots of magic, monsters, violence. I think people are pumped that Hellbent is coming out in 2023. Finally, if you've seen the cover of this, you know it's memorable. This is not my favorite cover per se, but it's definitely eye-catching. And this series doesn't even need an eye-catching cover because I know that people are chomping at the bit to see what happens next. So that is Hellbent by Lee Bardugo, also out on January 10th. Very busy day in publishing in uh, 2023. Hey there, I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com see you soon
Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. This is where now I get to say to you, I'm glad this was on your list because it would have been on mine if it hadn't been. Uh, But I also agree, the cover kind of gets me every time where I'm just like, ooh. And looking now at the Ninth House cover, I was like, maybe I like that a little better, but hey, eye-catching. Yeah, there's something about looking at those two covers together where you sort of... They they do fit together in a very yes. interesting way. Um, where you're like, oh no, I see these are these are connected books. Like I I get it, but I don't wanna. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Exactly. Um, my next one is Age of Vice by Deep D. Kapoor. This is out January 23. New Delhi, 3 a.m. A speeding Mercedes jumps the curb, and in the blink of an eye, five people are dead. It's a rich man's car, but when the dust settles, there is no rich man at all, just a shell-shocked servant who cannot explain the strange events that led to this crime, nor can he foresee the dark drama that is about to unfold. Definitely shifting through time and perspective in contemporary India, Age of Vice is an epic, action-packed story propelled by the seductive wealth, startling corruption, and bloodthirsty violence of the Wadia family, loathed Loved by some, loathed by others, feared by all. Equal parts crime thriller and family saga, transporting readers from the dusty villages of Uttar to the urban energy of New Delhi, Age of Vice is an intoxicating novel of gangsters and lovers, false friendships, forbidden romance, and the consequences of corruption. Um, I like all of this. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> right you're reading that and i'm just like how can they fit it all in one book <laughs> i know they just keep going though they just keep going it's uh yes also the 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 cover gives like 1970s vibes but in a more sort of updated way it's the font i think like it's oh, a very yes. familiar font but they play with it in a really interesting way i bet this is like beautifully gilded in print you can you know just tell. It probably is <laughs> now that you mention it, which I am not mad about. Not even a little bit. Yeah. So that is Age of Vice by Deepti Kapoor. So my next pick, I wanted to kind of pick something that I thought maybe everyone could find a little helpful um, and definitely something I struggle to do when I cook. This is One by Jamie Oliver. These are simple one pan wonders. My father... Anytime someone cooks in the house and he is on cleanup duty, he goes, did you, did your brother cook? Did he calls me Joseph? He government names me. Uh, But but he's always like, did Joseph cook in here? Because every pot, every pan, I have used every dish available to me to make a meal. Uh, And I just love doing that because there's just something about it that is so chaotic, but so rewarding. Uh, so I want to go the opposite direction and really challenge myself to use one pan because, you know, maybe less cleanup is better for all of us. 
So one is the ultimate cookbook that will make getting food that is good on the table easier than ever before. And Jamie Oliver is back to basics with over 120 simple, delicious one pan recipes. I do want to note that there is an adapted edition for the U.S. market, so they do have U.S. measurements. So this is all going to, it's going to be your cups, it's going to be your tablespoons. I don't believe we're going to have to weigh things out. You know, those Brits, they love to just actually pull out a scale and measure their ingredients where we, we love a cup. So uh, yeah, this highlights delicious recipes uh, that include things like veggie delights, celebrating chicken, frying pan pasta, uh, and then batch cooking simple dishes like juicy tahini chicken, Hasselback eggplant pie, um, all to become your favorite or soon to be favorite recipes. Um, some other things to note from here, other than 120 recipes, they're tasty, fuss-free, satisfying dishes cooked in just one pan, and each recipe has eight ingredients or fewer, so minimal prep. That was also something that stood out to me. So for those of you listening who want to spend less time cleaning and also would like to have to chop and prep and have less ingredients per recipe, eight ingredients or fewer sounds pretty good to me. It's all about convenience. Emma is like, yep, this is this is what I need. Uh, so it, yeah, give it a give it a look. This includes uh, meat free options as well. Uh, and it's all things that will get novice cooks started. So there's not even like a there is a claim that there is not a skill barrier. I will give everyone that grace. But you know, maybe if you really, you know, so give it a shot. That is one by Jamie Oliver out January 10th. Start the new year off with some uh, new recipes. I love Jamie Oliver. And this book sounds perfect for me who cannot cook and making meals is the single most challenging part of my entire life. So I love a one, one pan or what, like one pot style recipe. Right. Minimal ingredients, quick cleanup and easy to follow instructions. Plus he is, he's like a doll. He is a doll. My next pick is The Villa by Rachel Hawkins. A swift turn from cooking, but we've got some spicy elements. Haha, <laughs> I'm not clever. This is out January 3rd. And this book, I'm going to start by saying that in the description of this book, they said that it's inspired by Fleetwood Mac, The Manson Murders, the infamous summer that Percy and Mary Shelley spent with Lord Byron at Lake Geneva Castle. Uh, when they wrote the the Frankenstein, like that's the inspiration for this book. So we're going to go into it with that in mind. Those are some pretty disparate things, but I'm intrigued by all of them. So Emily and Chess are longtime friends. They were inseparable when they were younger, but as things happen, when you get older and you get more and more responsibilities, your friendship maybe changes and you're not as close. And in an effort to reconnect with each other, they suggest a girl's trip to Italy. Who wouldn't want to go on a girl's trip to Italy? I don't know. I certainly would. And so they go to Villa Estas. I can't speak Italian. I don't know if that's how you say it. They go to this villa that's now a high-end holiday home. But back in 1974, it was known as Villa Rosado, and it was rented for the summer by a notorious rock star, Noel Gordon. 
Uh, in an attempt to reignite his creative spark, Noel had invited up-and-coming musician Pierce Sheldon to join him, as well as Pierce's girlfriend, Mari, and her stepsister, Laura. But he also sets in motion a chain of events that leads to Mari writing one of the greatest horror novels of all time, Laura composing a platinum album, and ends in Pierce's brutal murder. Yikes. As Emily digs into the villa's complicated history, she begins to think that there might be more to the story of that fateful summer in 1974. Perhaps Pierce's murder wasn't just a tale of sex, drugs, and rock and roll gone wrong, but that something more sinister might have occurred. And that there might be clues hidden in the now iconic works that Mari and Laura left behind. The closer Emily gets to the truth, the more tension she feels developing between her and her friend Chess, as secrets from the past come to light, equally dangerous betrayals from the present also emerge. Uh, And it begins to look like the villa will claim another victim before the summer ends. So, yeah, we've got a present timeline. We've got the past timeline. We have clues hidden in songs and books. We have murders and we have potentially uh, a house that might kill you. So that's The Villa by Rachel Hawkins out January 3rd. That also sounds like a fun book club pick. Oh, yeah. Like I could see reading that with friends and having like great time. For sure. And the cover is really cool. And the more I look at it, the cooler it gets. Yeah. I, yeah. It's like beautiful use of texture. I have noticed that all of Rachel Hawkins' books are like that. If you look at all of them, they all have a very similar vibe to that. Where again, it's like you can tell it's part of a sort of, I hate to use the word brand, but like it's a very cohesive author brand for all of her books, um, which is really cool. Uh, so yeah, no, that sounds really good. Um, my next one is They're Watching You by Chelsea Icaso. Uh, it comes out January 20, oh, wow, January 3rd of 2023. So it's been two weeks since Polly St. James went missing. The police, the headmistress of Tori Wells Academy, and even her parents have ruled her a runaway, but not Marin, her best friend and roommate. She knows Polly had a secret that she was about to share with Marin before she disappeared, something to do with the elite, ultra-rich crowd at Tory Wells. Then Marin finds an envelope hidden among Polly's things, an invitation to the Game Master's Society. Do not tell anyone, it says. Marin is certain her classmates in the society know the truth about what happened to Polly, though it's no easy feat to join. Once Marin's made it through the treacherous initiation, she discovers a world she never knew existed within her school where society members compete in high-stakes games for unheard-of rewards, Ivy-level connections, privileges, and favors. Maren's been drawn into a different game. For every win, she'll receive a clue about Polly. And as Maren keeps winning, she begins to see just how powerful the society's game is, bigger and deadlier than she ever imagined. They see, they know, they control, and they kill. Okay. Um, First off, one of my favorite movies is The Skulls. So... I also like love any book taken at like a elite school where weird things happen and secret societies and everything about this book description is perfection in my eyes. So 
This sounds exactly like your type of book. And we love like an elite school academia book. I was going to say Jill loves a book about a school that's also like a strange murder place. Yeah. Yeah, Shocker. Yeah. So excited for this one. So my next pick is The Bandit Queens by Perini Schroff. This is also out January 3rd. Uh, and it, it's the cover. I have to say that before I even get into the description because I love this cover. Uh, it's very like 60s kind of mod-esque. It feels like a bewitched title slide to me or, or something along those lines. Lots of great color usage along with like negative space with the black background. Anyway, let's get into it. Five years ago, Gita lost her no good husband, as in she actually lost him. He walked out on her and she has no idea where he is. But in her remote village in India, rumor has it that Gita killed him. And it's a rumor that just won't die. It turns out that being known as a self-made widow comes with some perks. No one messes with her, harasses her, or tries to control, ahem, marry her. It's even been good for business. No one dares to not buy her jewelry. Freedom must look good on Gita because now other women are asking for her expertise, making her an unwitting consultant for husband disposal. And not all of them are asking nicely. With Gita's dangerous reputation becoming a double-edged sword, she has to find a way to protect the life she's built, but even the best laid plans of would-be widows tend to go awry. What happens next sets in motion a chain of events that will change everything, not just for Gita, but for all the women in their village. Filled with with clever criminals, second chances, and wry and witty women, Harini Shroff's The Bandit Queens is a razor-sharp debut of humor and heart that readers won't soon forget. Like my favorite kind of description that teases all of the the secret bits to come that makes me go like, okay, you, you already got me with the cover. And then letting me know that she's just like, living through these wonderful set of circumstances and now things are starting to turn the other way i want to know is her no good husband gonna show up out of the blue what's what's happening i need to know so that is the bandit queens by perini shroff debut title out on january 3rd speaking of no good husbands that is a perfect segue to my next pick (laughs) And that is Really Good Actually by Monica Heisey. This comes out on January 17th. And this follows Maggie in the first year after she gets divorced. And in reading this book, her ex-husband's kind of a jerk. I don't think that's a spoiler. So it does fit. But uh, Maggie is fine. She's doing really good, actually. Uh, except she's not, she's broke. Her graduate thesis is something super obscure and her marriage to her husband only lasted like 600 days. So at the ripe old age of 29, she's getting divorced and trying to embrace her new life. Uh, now that she's single and newly on the market, she has time to take up nine hobbies and eat hamburgers at 4am and get back out there. She has support from her tough, loving academic advisor, Maris, and her newly divorced friend, Amy, and her group chat, naturally. So this book was so funny. I know that PW called it 
the Bridget Jones diary for the smartphone era. And I think that that's spot on. This is at times a really, really funny book. And at other times it hits so close to home, I think, as a millennialish woman in this general age bracket. And I think this is going to be a really big book to watch in 2023. I think Monica Heisey is going to be on everybody's radar for the year. She was a um, writer on Schitt's Creek. She does a lot of television work, and this is her first uh, fiction novel. And I think the way that she described Maggie, this main character, was just one of the most accurate portrayals, I think, of a woman of our time, if that makes sense. There's a lot of really funny segments in the book about Google searches. Like if we look at each other's Google searches, would we be ashamed to show them, you know, because it's like all of our questions and insecurities are right there in our Google search. Um, this was just such a, this was such a fun book. So that is really good actually by Monica Heisey. This is out January 17th. That sounds really good. Also, as a writer, I have really weird Google searches sometimes. I'll research people, but sometimes it's weird stuff. I mean, as, <laughs> as just a book adjacent person, yeah, yeah. I have really weird Google searches. That I hope my FBI agent understands that <laughs> I'm just doing it all for the jokes. Yeah. Well, and just as an aside, so you're like this, book has like Google searches in it. It has like some emails. It has like fun sections that are like things that made me cry Mm. December 10th through 22nd. (laughs) And I I just think it, it was such a refreshing and honest take on maybe what it's like to go through some of these things in present ish times. I just loved it. And it was so funny. I mean, it's divorce is not a particularly funny topic, but I do think a lot of the things that Maggie goes through as a result of it are quite funny when it comes down to it. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> and was, I, was I was reading, just waiting. I was like, I was reading. Gonna... I was reading one of the Google searches. I have a, a copy of the book sitting here. And so I was looking at some of the Google searches. So for a quick teaser, What's going on with bees? Spaghetti squash, why? Exercises for Dowager's hump. Tracy Anderson arms video, free. Good memes. Nicole Kidman leaving divorce lawyer's office. Toronto bars, good lighting. So, you know. That all makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Feels very accurate. Yeah, Yeah. That feels pretty spot on. So, yeah. Check it out. Uh, my next one is Sorry Bro by Talene Fuscuni. So when Nera's non-Armenian boyfriend gets down on one knee and proposes to her in a room full of drunk San Francisco tech bros, she realizes it's time to find someone who shares her idea of romance. And to her mother, armed with plenty of mom guilt and a spreadsheet of Facebook-stalked Armenian men, She convinces Nara to attend Explore Armenia, a month-long series of events in the city. 
but it's not the mom approved playboy doctor or the wealthy env- engineer who catches Nara's eye. It's Arubini, a woman as immersed in the witchy arts as she is in preserving Armenian identity. Suddenly, with Arubini as her wingwoman, the events feel like far less of a chore and much more of an adventure. Erbuni helps Nar see the beauty of their shared culture and makes her feel understood in a way that she never has before. But there's one teeny problem. Nar's not exactly out as bisexual. The clock is ticking on her double life. The Explore Armenia closing banquet is coming up and her entire extended family will be there, along with Erbuni. Her worlds will inevitably collide, but Nar is determined to be brave, to claim her happiness, proudly Armenian, proudly bisexual, and proudly herself for the first time in her life. Um, yes, we love queer romance, especially when it involves bisexual women. Uh, and just the title, Sorry Bro, is, come on, that's, that's so good. If the but... title alone <laughs> wasn't enough. Sorry, bro. <laughs> so that is out January 31st. My next pick is The Survivalists by Kashana Cauley. This is out January 10th. In the wake of her parents' death, Aretha, a habitually single Black lawyer, has had only one obsession in life, success, until she falls for Aaron, a coffee entrepreneur. Moving into his Brooklyn brownstone to live along with his Hurricane Sandy-traumatized, illegal gun stockpiling, optimized soy protein-eating, bunker-building roommates, Aretha finds that her dreams of making partner are slipping away, replaced by an underground world, one of selling guns and training for a doomsday that's maybe just around the corner. Uh, So if you liked The Changeling, The Sellout, and The Other Black Girl, The Survivalists is a darkly humorous novel that's packed with tension, curiosity, and wit, and unafraid to ask the questions most relevant to a new generation of Americans. Does it make sense to climb the corporate ladder? What exactly are the politics of gun ownership? And in a world where it's nearly impossible for young people to earn enough money to afford stable housing, What does it take in order to survive? So that is The Survivalist by Kashana Kali out January 10th. It sounds like a wild ride. And between the description and the jacket, which is like um, an airport security x-ray of a backpack, um, I'm, I'm very much like, I need to know what's going on here. This seems like a strange list of events and like happenstance to bring our, our, our character Aretha to this point. I need to know what happened, where she's going and where she ends up. That sounds so good. And I'm, I hate to be a broken record, but I don't really, but I also love the cover. It's like, it's perfect for the book. It's perfect. It it just makes (laughs) so much sense. Uh, And, and also some of the reviews on this are just like, like Trevor Noah said, uh, he was almost sold on the soy bars described in the book just by how wildly everything's described. So like, just looking at some of these offhand reviews, I'm just like, yeah, I I need to know. I need to know why a single Black lawyer is putting her career and personal moral code at risk uh, when she makes this move in with a bunch of doomsday preppers. Like, yes, please. That sounds like a great pick. My next pick for January is Georgie All Along by Kate Claiborne. This book comes out on January 24th. 
And if you're familiar with Kate Claiborne, she wrote love lettering and love at first sight. So I'm always in the mood for sort of a heartfelt, charming, romancy, find yourself story. So longtime personal assistant Georgie Malachi has made a career out of putting others before herself. When an unexpected upheaval sends her away from her hectic job in Los Angeles and back to her hometown, Georgie must confront an uncomfortable truth. Her own wants and needs have always been a disconcertingly blank page. But then Georgie comes across a forgotten artifact, a diary that she wrote as a teenager filled with possibilities she once imagined. To an overwhelmed Georgie, the diary's simple, small-scale ideas are a lifeline a guidebook for getting started on a new path. Her plans hit a snag when she comes face-to-face with an unexpected roommate, Levi Fanning, one-time town troublemaker and current town hermit. This quiet, grouchy man is more than just his reputation, and he offers to help Georgie with her quest. As the two make their way through her wish list, Georgie begins to realize that she truly wa- what she truly wants might not be in the pages of her diary after all, but right by her side. If only they can both find a way to let go of the past that hold them back. Come on. All of those things. Grouchy town hermit. Woman trying to find herself and figure out what she wants diary a quest like yep i'm sold it's a good it's a good formula for a reason exactly so that is georgie all along by kate claiborne and that is out on january 24th and we love kate claiborne so yes also yes love all those words in one book description so that's a winner right there All right. My last book is River Sing Me Home by Eleanor Shearer. The master of the Providence Plantation in Barbados gathers his slaves and announces the king has decreed an end to slavery. As of the following day, the Emancipation Act of 1834 will come into effect. The cries of joy fall silent when he announces it. They are no longer his slaves. They are now his apprentices. No one can leave. They must work for him for another six years. Freedom is just another name for the life they have always lived. So Rachel runs. Away from Providence, she begins a desperate search to find her children, the five who survived birth and were sold. Are any of them still alive? Rachel has to know. The grueling, dangerous journey takes her from Barbados, then by river, deep into the forest of British Ghana, and finally across the sea to Trinidad. She is driven on by the certainty that a mother cannot be truly free without knowing what has become of her children even if the answer is more than she can bear. These are the stories of Mary Grace, Micah, Thomas Augustus, Cherry, Jane, and Mercy. But above all, this is the story of Rachel and the extraordinary lengths to which a mother will go to find her children and her freedom. I, I, all of the words, all the words in, in one. Listeners know that um, Homegoing by Yajasi was one of my absolute favorite books um, is that one of my absolute favorite books and reversing me, reversing me home sounds very similar in that like family generational, uh, just all of it. Um, it is out January 31st. This is why I love doing this with y'all because if I, if it wasn't on my list, 
I can guarantee that it, it's on one of yours. Like we, we all have, we make a really weird Venn diagram, uh, but it, it's great. Yes. And yes. this, the cover is beautiful. The message is beautiful. And I'm, I cannot wait to read this book. So my last pick is a, is a wild one. I, I'm, I'm trying to branch out a little bit. I don't read a ton of science fiction. Um, I don't read a ton of fantasy as Emma and I talked about earlier in this episode. So I'm, I'm trying to like pepper in little, little bits for me here and there to, to challenge uh, my reading habits and see if I can find something new to love and add to the list. Uh, but this, oh, it, it just, it jumped out at me because it sounds so wild. So this is Please Report Your Bug Here by Josh Rydell. This is out January 17th. So this is a debut novel and it is adrenaline packed about a dating app employee who discovers a glitch that transports him into other worlds. So a college grad with a six-figure debt to prove it, Ethan Block views San Francisco as the place to be, yet his job at hot new dating app DateDate is a far cry from what he envisioned. Instead of making the world a better place, he reviews flagged photo cues, uh, he's overworked, and he's stressed out. But that's about to change. Reeling from a breakup, Ethan decides to view his algorithmically matched soulmate on date date. He overrides the system and clicks on the profile. Then he disappears. One minute he's in a windowless office and the next he's in a field of endless grass gasping for air. When Ethan snaps back to date date HQ, he's convinced a coding issue caused the blip. Except for anyone to believe him, he'll need evidence. As Ethan embarks on a wild goose chase, moving from dingy startup think tanks to Silicon Valley's dominant tech conglomerate, it becomes clear that there's more to date date than meets the eye. With the stakes rising and a new world at risk, Ethan must choose who and what he believes in. Adventurous and hyper-timely, please report your bug here is an inventive millennial coming-of-age story, a dark exploration of the corruption now synonymous with big tech, and above all, a testament to the power of human connection in our digital era. So that is Please Report Your Bug Here by Josh Rydell out January 17th. Like I said, wild one. Uh, it made me think of, I think it came out last year, uh, the book about someone who got stuck in Slack, I think. Um, I'm drawing a blank, but I'll, I'll find it. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll find it before the episode is over. That sounds really interesting. And I am always impressed when you challenge yourself to read new and different things because I don't do that as evidenced by my next pick. <laughs> it's highly, highly suspicious and unfairly cute by Talia Hibbert. This comes out on January 3rd. And I believe this is her young adult debut. As you may be familiar with Talia Hibbert's Brown Sisters trilogy. So this is a laugh out loud story about a quirky content creator and a clean cut athlete, which immediately, yes. So Bradley Graham is pretty much perfect. He is a star football player, manages his OCD well enough and comes out on top in all his classes, except the ones he shares with his ex-best friend, Celine. Celine is conspiracy theory obsessed, 
Her social media followers eat up her takes on everything from UFOs to holiday overconsumption, but she's still not cool enough for the popular kids table, which is why Brad abandoned her for the in crowd years ago. At least that's how she sees it. These days, there's nothing between them other than petty insults and academic rivalry. Can you see where this is going? So when Celine signs up for a survival course in the woods, she's surprised to find Brad right beside her. Forced to work as a team for the chance to win a grand prize, these two teens must trudge through not just mud and dirt, but their messy past. And as this adventure brings them closer together, they begin to remember the good bits of their history. But has too much time passed or just enough to spark a whole new kind of relationship? Yep. Yep. Hey, <laughs> yep. you love what you love and I love that for you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so that is Highly Suspicious and Unfairly Cute by Talia Hibbert. All and the things. Sign yeah. it up. Sign me up. For sure. And those are all of our picks for January 2023. We did it. We did we- it. Um, also, the book I was thinking of is called Several People Are Typing by Calvin Castlekey. He doesn't get stuck in Slack, but it's uh, it's from 2021. And it's work from home comedy where work from home, uh, where WFH work from home meets WTF. Um, nice. Yeah. Random aside. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Um, all right. Well, thanks everyone. Um, all of these titles can be found in our show notes, so you can check them out, put them on hold, all the things. Um, and I hope you find some good books in this list. Thanks for listening. Happy reading. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program. To learn about other evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcast.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer, Jill Grunewald, and Joe Skelly, and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories, I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.